XX Equals is a focused, user-centered innovation collective within Canadian Ford, and this is our podcast. Our aim is to close the gap between perception and reality when designing for women. So jump in and join us as we talk to some of the leaders, experts, and trailblazers in this space. Hello and welcome to our XX Equals podcast. I'm your host, um, Alex Dodor. I'm one of the design consultants here at KD and um, core member of the XX Equals team. Um, and today we're joined by Jenny Mutton, founder of the startup M. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for joining. And why don't you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and give us a bit of an overview of your career? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. I absolutely love the XX Equals initiative. So I'm Jenny Button and I founded a company called M in 2020. And what M is doing is building a bio-wearable menstrual product. So think a menstrual cup, but it goes into a tampon applicator and inside the cup there is a sensing platform which is giving menstruators information through biometric and biomarker monitoring and insight into their female health and specific well-being. Amazing. It's so exciting that you're starting to develop something that's actually going to track female health. Um, so I'm, I know a bit about M and I'm super excited about it. Um, but we'd love to hear a bit more about M and where the idea actually came from. Like what motivated you to explore this space further and create a product? Yeah, absolutely. It was... Um... I started by thinking about my Apple Watch. So I started the company in the first lockdown, and that was at a time where everybody was obsessed with knowing the state of their health for obvious reasons. And I was looking at my Apple Watch, and it could tell me like my step count, and um, it might be able to tell me when I was ovulating through its cycle predictions. It couldn't really tell me much about my health. It's much more of a fitness tracker. And I wanted a wearable that would tell me everything, I mean, anything about my body and how it was performing at a basic level. And there just wasn't anything that existed like that. And I started to wonder about what the form factor of this would look like, like what were the wearables people be wearing in 20 years time? And at the same time, independently, I was looking at tampons and pads and cups and just looking at them in disgust as being such a poor performing set of products. And again, I thought, you know, people aren't going to be using these products in 25 years. They'll be using something which is way better designed, way smarter, way more effective. And then those two ideas came together with all of this time that that we all had in the first lockdown, um, not seeing other people. And I thought maybe there's an opportunity here to create like a bio-wearable menstrual product. You've got this amazing non-invasive access to all of these health markers. I think this is going to be what period products look like in 25 years. And I also think this is what wearable is going to look like in 25 years. And I sort of left the idea there, but then I came back to it a couple of weeks later. And I was like, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be it. And maybe, I wonder if it's possible now, maybe I should ask somebody. So I messaged one of the lead engineers at Dyson on LinkedIn and said, I've got this idea. Can you tell me if it's feasible? And that was Chris Van Kempen, who's now our chief design officer. And he said, yes, it's feasible and it's really exciting and we should do it. And I'm going to come on board. Amazing. Yeah, it's so excited. It feels like such a big leap for menstrual care as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, you spoke about bio-wearables. So how has your experience been specifically working towards bio-wearable menstrual care? It is the absolute dream job honestly. I mean, I can't think of anything more exciting than 
generating this sort of technology where people are going to understand more about their body, more about their health, and then give them better data for which to make healthcare decisions on. I just, it, it always feels like a sector which is limitless because it hasn't been fully established yet. And mostly the closest you've got to it is continuous glucose monitors, which are not the same thing, although it's a brilliant technology. This really feels to me like the forefront of the next generation of healthcare tools, the next generation of wearables, next generation of period products. And there's so many benefits in there for individuals and then also for female health as a whole, just having that kind of data on how people's bodies works across different demographics is going to allow for better treatments, better outcomes, more rapid diagnostics. Just all of that is incredibly exciting. Definitely. I feel like there's so many unknowns at the moment and this feels like a step in the right directions of actually getting some answers, which is really exciting. In terms of like your journey as starting up a startup, um, what has been your journey, like what's the journey been like? What have been the challenges? What have you found most exciting? Um, yeah, tell us a bit about that. So I was not in technology before I started M in 2020. I worked for an entrepreneur out of university and I cut my teeth in the various different departments of all of his businesses. And then in 2017, we co-founded a company in luxury sample sales, which did quite well. And I just wanted a bit of a change. Um, So I started thinking about what were the opportunities to do another startup. And then in the first lockdown, this one came up. But it did really mean starting from a point of very little knowledge other than personal knowledge. And that's been a huge challenge is upskilling and um, increasing your knowledge base really rapidly on biology and electronics and engineering and trying to understand the principles that are going to go into not just the design of this product, but into the vision of what the product could be and how it will intersect with all of the different elements of healthcare. So that's been really hard. It's been really fun, but it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of weekends and evenings, and it has been for the last two years, trying to get to grips with uh, all of the potential of what you can you can do with this kind of product. Definitely. I know how hard you've been working on it. So it's really exciting to kind of see where it's come to um, seeing like the website launch and everything so yeah um, I encourage everyone to check it out because it is a great product um, what advice would you give to other people who are starting their businesses and yeah coming to market with an idea like what advice would you give people I think you do really have to believe in the vision of what you're building because it is such hard work it does require such commitment Um, And that is a real mental drain if you're not quite emotionally invested in the bigger picture of what you're doing. It's, It's not really enough, I think, to see a business opportunity and think that it might be profitable, so it might be worth it. You really want to believe in it enough that you will put in the time. But I would also encourage anyone who has an idea which they believe in to to give it a go, even if they don't know fully how they're going to get there because I didn't have this background in technology. I had no connections into the engineering world or the biotech world. And the only thing I did have was I I thought through the journey I would have to take to build the company. And I worked out what was the next question that I was gonna have to ask in order to just move one step forward. And knowing that one step and that one question and then finding that answer moving forward, 
that was the key to getting to the point where the wheels started to turn on their own. But if I tried to plan out the whole thing from the beginning, I would have given up on day one and I would not have ever bothered continuing because it just would have been too difficult. I think people think they have to know all the answers to take a risk, but but you really don't. You kind of just have to jump in and go for it. Um, and I can clearly sense your passion for um, and yeah, all the ideas behind it. So yeah, it's no surprise that it's gotten to where it is now. We've spoken about like femtech and getting more research in terms of female health. Um, what do you think we can all do um, to drive a more equitable future within design and product development? Such a great question. I mean, this and there's so many, there's so many answers. Having more diversity within design teams inevitably means that products better represent the consumers they're there to serve. Having people who are funding the products, be that private corporations or investors who are also a diverse set of individuals, will then lead to a better set of products catering to different demographics of the population. Um, I think initiatives like XX equals, which are shining a light on the absence of diversity, are incredibly important in just bringing to attention that this is a problem. And I think there's a lot of goodwill across the design community, and particularly uh, at an individual level, just across designers in this country, to see better representation within product development. Um, I, th I, I hope that we are pushing an open door and that XX equals is just showcasing a brilliant opportunity for products to be more effective, reach more people, and then ultimately be more successful for the companies who are um, offering them out to their markets. Yeah. And um, being a part of XX equals, I definitely hope we're like encouraging people to kind of just go for it with those types of products and just, yeah, yeah. hopefully in the future it will be more equitable. Um, but yeah, we'll we're still working on it and especially with founders like you I think yeah it's a step in the right direction which is really inspiring um well I wonder if we could talk a bit about the relationship between KD and Dem yeah absolutely um, because obviously KD's been a big part in um the journey that M's been on and also XX equals and I wonder if you could talk a bit about that and your experience with it yeah KD have been a unique partner to M from the beginning, from, from within a couple of months of me starting the company and Chris coming on board, because Merle, as a female CEO, saw the value when all we were were a team of two and an idea in what this product could achieve from the point of view of a diverse design team leading to a better set of user research to then guide the product development process to then lead to a better outcome for our consumers and our target market. And that was reflected in the support that she gave us and particularly she's given me as a, as a mentor. It's been reflected in the quality of work and the quality of the team that KD have, have been given and have given to us. And that has resulted in this really synergistic relationship from my point of view, where we've got a partnership of people who believe in the product, even though they're not on our team, and who will go the extra mile because they know that their work within M is going to have a direct impact on the people who end up using the product. And having such diversity of experience come in has led to a product in M which has such a multifaceted approach. We've managed to innovate in so many ways and that is in no small part because of the support that we've been given by so many different members of your team. 
that's so great to hear I've thoroughly enjoyed like working with them and being involved in part of the process um and yeah I agree I feel like you almost need that level of understanding at the start to just like have the people who are on board with the product help develop it and back the idea I think that's the only way it can get as far as it does um what are the next steps for M? Like you've launched the website and you're at a really exciting point. Where where do you see it going from here? Yeah, so we raised our pre-seed this year and that is allowing us to finish prototypes. We're in user trials and we'll be actually launching the product onto the market next year. So, so many exciting milestones ahead. Um, I mean, everyone here is incredibly enthusiastic about the next six to 12 months because people will actually be able to experience the benefits that we've worked on for the last two and a half years and that is brilliant so really it will be beta testing launching and then entering into a, a pretty continuous conversation with all of the users and trying to understand what are the benefits we've created that they value the most and what can we do next with the, our sensing platform that are going to offer them better health outcomes and more meaningful data to their day-to-day -day lives. It's so exciting. I feel like I'm just sat here like, oh, I can't wait for it to launch. Um, okay, so I think another question that I'd love to ask you is to dive a bit more into like the specific health issues that women are experiencing and how M is helping hopefully resolve some of those issues or get some answers behind them because at the moment women are often just left with no answers so I wonder if we could talk a bit about that. Yeah it's such a big problem that people don't have adequate data that they need and adequate information about their body to get diagnoses as fast as men and on average it's taking women twice as long to get a diagnosis for the same condition as it would take a man who goes through the same healthcare pathway. And there is a gender health gap and it's well documented, but it is, I think, quite complicated. It is linked to attitudes. It's linked to existing data sets. It is, again, really multifaceted. And what I wanted M to change about that gap was generating this really meaningful individual data. So our product is measuring flow rate and volume of the menstrual cycle, along with cycle regularity. And that will help people, for example, who are heavy menstrual bleeders get a more rapid diagnosis. Because at the moment, you've got one in five people who fall into that category, which is a medical condition. But if you go to the doctor and say, I think I might have a heavy, heavy flow, there's no way for you to check that yourself if you're a tampon or pad user. And if you're a cup user, you would have to measure the mill volume of your cup every single time you used it for three months and then take that data to the doctor. It's just incredibly inefficient, best case scenario, but worst case, most common case, you don't have the data that you need to get a rapid diagnosis. And then you don't have control data you need to see if the treatments that you're then given are having the effects that you need them to. And in this product, I want people to have a good understanding of their body, but also be able to have the data that they need to advocate for themselves effectively and work in partnership with healthcare professionals for better outcomes for themselves. So then when you look at the future of what this product can do and the biomarkers it might be able to measure in the future, and you look at all of the things that menstrual fluid can tell us in the serums and analytes found in there, I just think that 
quality of data and the meaning that is going to give to people's healthcare decisions because they will have context more than just going on Google and trying to understand what their body might be doing. They'll be able to tell the doctor what their body is doing and then they'll be able to discuss the best way to move forward if or when an issue arises. And I just thought that that would be magic, honestly. Like, I would love to know everything about my body, as I said earlier. And Alex, I'm sure there are like a million things you would like to know about your body if somebody could wave a magic wand and just tell you anything about it. And that's what this product is going to be over the next 10 years. It's going to be that thing which makes your body transparent so that you can see what's going on. And that in itself is going to lead to better health management, but inevitably better health outcomes and close the health gap because you've got better data. And wouldn't that just be amazing if we just knew all the answers? <laughs> and it feels like it's just going to empower people who menstruate, which is mm. so exciting because just being in control of something that's so natural um, and everyone like goes through who menstruates and just knowing what everything means. Like I, I track my period, um, but there's still so many unknowns. Like I'm still like trying to link things together because yeah. like I don't look at how much blood is coming out of me every time I bleed um so yeah it's it's yeah I keep saying the word exciting but it is just so exciting to have that bit of magic to just know exactly what's going on um so will this is just for my own understanding as well and I'm sure other people would love to know as well this data and that's being tracked is that um are you hoping that it's also going to I don't really know how to wear this question, but almost be used to like help women's healthcare on a like much broader spectrum as well, um, or just specific for the individual. Yeah, it's a really it's a really important question. Um, people's personal data is personal to them, and so we as a company are never going to have access to somebody's data where it can be linked back to them. So we will be able to see patterns of data but it is not gonna be identifiable data. And it's important that we can see the patterns because female health has got to be moved forward at scale and that requires better data and better research. So where we can see correlations between um, large numbers of symptoms and large patterns of flow data, and if that then presents a new health outcome or a new opportunity for research, we will be doing that but it is not going to be using individually identifiable data. And I think that is a key benefit of our product compared to existing period trackers is that from day one, it is going to be anonymized data. So particularly in our post Roe v. Wade era in the US, consumers need to know that if the government or a court system in the US writes to the company and asks for their data, we will not be able to give it to that institution or authority because we will not have their name connected with any data. But equally, it is incredibly important that women's health data does not go to waste and that patterns that we can see which can move forward people's quality of life as a whole are then used to move forward people's quality of life. And we're pretty insistent on that as well. Yeah, it's really nice to hear that. Um, by the sounds of it, it's, you're just making sure that you're looking at your user and their needs and that is so good to hear um keeping them anonymized we all know what's been going on <laughs> in america um and yeah i think that's so important important not 
to be scared to put in your data um yeah. but still know that it's doing good for like the wider benefit of all people who menstruate um so yeah that's really exciting i've i've known a bit about the m cup specifically being a non-invasive method to obviously track and things i wonder if we could speak a bit about that as well because obviously a lot of um things women have to go through are quite invasive and yeah i thought we could speak a bit about that as well yeah absolutely it's um it's the thing which made me the most excited when I thought about the opportunities for a menstrual product was that so many of the procedures that people who menstruate go through are invasive uh, and that would be including things like a cervical smear but it even goes into the discomfort that so many people experience when they put in a tampon and all of these things uh, have a benefit for the most part and they are important particularly things like cervical smears and because they've got that benefit we often gloss over the facts that they range from mildly uncomfortable to quite painful and then when i thought about the the quality of life difference that you can give half the population by creating a product which is comfortable and which has meaningful data generated from the sensor system inside it i thought that that was a compelling business case but i really thought it was a compelling user case because i wanted that for myself and i wanted that for all of my friends and all of my family and everybody i've ever met because it is basic human right to have quality of life without pain and hardship and we're not there yet because the world is what it is but the idea that we can move it forward and give people that data was so exciting and it's it will always be exciting to me that we can measure things and give people a health benefit without prodding and poking and hurting um as a non-invasive sample collection i mean yeah isn't that brilliant <laughs> i know wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like um women in particular nowadays are just it's so common that we just accept it as normal dealing mm. with pain and it shouldn't be that way we should understand that having pain isn't normal and it's exciting that using a cup like something like the m cup um will be able to give us that data that we need to realize that things aren't normal and we should speak to a healthcare professional so yeah that's yeah it's really exciting it's um it's a really I find it quite challenging to understand why we we do accept yeah. pain as such a given, particularly in the context of uh, medical exams or in the context of products that we use, because I know that I do. And I know that the people around me accept that it is just um, the way the world works. But I don't think it's the same for men um, as it is for women or, or people who menstruate. And I, I still don't fully understand it or know why that is. Yeah, I know. It's probably because, like we've spoken about already in the podcast, is we are just always left with unknowns and no answers. So it's almost like, what's the point in seeking an answer if we already know that there's not going to be one? Yeah. Um, and I think this is where the M cup comes in so beautiful, beautifully, just being able to finally get those answers and understand what is going on and being in control of our own health um, and yeah. is will just be amazing 
Absolutely. One of our um, company values is hope because it's such a powerful thing to believe that the world can change and that the terrible situations we sometimes find ourselves in can move forward and that things are happening that we're not always aware of and people are doing things to make other people's lives better. And holding on to that um, when you, particularly when you are experiencing pain, is something which is so fundamental to being human and, and seeing the value in progress, I guess. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's probably a really um, great place to probably start and coming to a close with our podcast, unless you've got anything else that you want to add, Jenny. No, I'm uh, so grateful for you guys having me on and the inevitable plug to every listener to please join the waitlist for this because it's so important uh, that people know that there are alternatives out there and that, as I said, progress is being made and there are companies who genuinely care about users and their experience and diverse design and the outcomes that come from that. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always. Um, And thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review and subscribe and keep your eyes peeled for our next episode. 